Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I, I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump, 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. I have been given some uh, breaking news. That Oh, you, you have it. Oh, my goodness. Wendy Bell. Breaking news. Look, I know you guys think it's that Joe Biden has decided to go to East Palestine, uh, Ohio. That's not it. I mean, a year later, what tells you I like you, I care for you, and I've got your sixth, and waiting for a year to come see how badly your community was destroyed by freaking toxic materials, right? Ugh. I know you think that's the breaking news, but it's not. We're getting to 2 million downloads of the podcast, Wendy Mo Radio. You guys, share it with somebody. Let's get over that hump because the, the announcement is imminent and it's very exciting. You know, as we get back to the program, I, I want to say this, and this is a very frustrating thing. And I think I have a, I have a front row seat at it because as a mom of five white Catholic men, I've watched the college admissions process intently. And I got a really cool kid who is an overachiever, who is a really good soul, who genuinely cares about people, who is going to be one of those people after a long and robust life, and I hope many, 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 many children, will have an obituary written about him that will be extraordinary. He's, he's waiting to find out about all of these college admissions decisions. And it's sad to say that the number one thing that we say to him is, remember, you're white, you're male, and you're Catholic. Is that an absolutely disgusting thing to have to say is a precursor to what would be an, an expected denial. I think he's going to get in where he wants to go. I'm prepared for the, for the no, however, 
This is where we are. We are told in America today that if you are black, you can get away with things that perhaps I could not because I'm not. That you somehow have it baked into your DNA that you have the ability to use a card to get out of jail free. To cover up anything that you might do that is scumbaggy, that you can embezzle or lie or cheat or what have you. And then when you get caught, say as your defense, not I'm a bad person, you got me, but rather sounds an awful lot like racism to me. Some people don't want us to get out of the, you know what? Now, that's not the case, friends, in America. We know that. So we got to talk about Cori Bush. Woman's toxic. She's the congresswoman from St. Louis. I met my husband in St. Louis. I have an affinity for St. Louis. What a shame that this woman represents that wonderful zip code. Because she is apparently now being investigated by the Department of Justice, which I find very curious, for misusing tax dollars for her own personal security. Now, before we proceed, I want to go back in time, little, a little Cori Bush flashback. This is to 2021. This is the height of, of COVID, of BLM, of marches, of all this stuff, and this ridiculous idea that we need to defund the police who are inherently racist, who specifically run out there and try to kill black and brown people. That's the narrative. Defund them and the wave of, yeah, until all of a sudden crime is rampant and people are like, well, I don't know. Maybe that was not a, a great idea. Here's Cori Bush being malignant in 2021. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. Wow. There's so much wrapped in that 28 seconds of suck, isn't there? I'm so important and people want to kill me. You know what? No, they don't. No, they don't. They'd like to eliminate you from politics because your brand of toxic progressivism is bad for everybody, specifically the very people in the St. Louis community that you purport to support. She needs this security, friends. She needs her own detail. Screw the police. You people are bad, but I'm important. And I know I've got big work to do. I got to be protected. That's a great story, isn't it? Super great. Until people start investigating where the money went. Story. MissouriIndependent.com. Might as well go to the source, right? The U.S. Department of Justice is investigating how Missouri Democratic Representative Cori Bush spends campaign funds, according to a statement the Congresswoman released Tuesday. Since before I was sworn into office, I have endured relentless threats to my personal safety and life, she said. As a rank and file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. Forget the fact that the guy I was paying, I was having sex with all time. But I mean, come on, racists. Where did you get the money? 
Corey. Where did it go? Well, let's find out. Quote, I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. Well, um, the DOJ now is kind of digging into this because apparently she spent an awful lot of money on some dude who allegedly was protecting her, a man that she ended up marrying recently. Does this sound familiar to you guys? Kind of Fannie Willis, Nathan Wadey kind of, right? Punchbowl News first reported the investigation Tuesday morning, less than a day after the U.S. House clerk read a statement on the floor that the Justice Department had served the sergeant at arms with a grand jury subpoena for documents. The statement did not disclose the nature of the documents or the name of the member of Congress associated with them. Punchbowl reported that several unnamed sources said the investigation related to how Cori Bush used her member representation allowance. It's an account that members of Congress use to pay for office expenses. Now, as you guys look at your weekly or biweekly, whatever it is, paycheck that you get, ours come at the end of the month, and you see how much the federal government has taken out, how much do you think is gone to Cori Bush? Because some has. The funding for an MRA, a member representation allowance, comes from taxpayer dollars, and is approved annually in the Legislative Branch Appropriations Bill. Wouldn't you like to take a look at that? Whereas campaign spending comes from donations political supporters make to individual candidates. Bush, who was sworn in as a member of Congress in 2021, represents Missouri's first congressional, which currently includes St. Louis and most of northern St. Louis County. Bush said in a written statement, she's fully cooperating. Remember, this is how they do it. (gasps) What? You want to look at my documents? This is what Joe Biden's team did when they found all this classified documents, the 1800 boxes of them all over the place, right? What? You found documents? Where? Uh, That's insane. Let's get on this immediately. We're going to fully cooperate. I'm just as shocked as you. So says Cori Bush. It's almost like they all use the same playbook. I'm surprised. I, I'm fully cooperating. I'll do, we'll review the matter, of course. Yes, yes, yes. But let's remember as well that whatever she's accused of doing, giving, I think it's something like $60,000. To the guy she would eventually marry recently, because that doesn't seem suspect. A guy who's not licensed to do the kind of security that would be required considering Cori Bush's death threats. We all have to be reminded of the biggest government grifter out there, Maxine Waters. And what we're going to do at the uh, on the flip side of this short break... You want to know why these people won't ever go for term limits? Because the degree to which you can self-enrich, it's not just Joe Biden and the crime family syndicate, right? It is the members of Congress. And Maxine Waters has more than a million reasons why she'll never give up the seat. Those details and another little a little poke in the eye for Harvard. Turn, I guess it's not just the president, former president of the university who plagiarizes. It's others, too. Wah, wah. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. 
I love this headline. Cori Bush blames right-wing watchdog groups for the DOJ investigating her, right? It's not that I suck. Why can't you just say it? Look, I suck. I mean, you know I suck. I know I We just, just, we'll say it, right? Just keep voting for the suck. Step aside, Corey. I sure hope someone out there is paying attention in St. Louis, Missouri, who doesn't suck. But remember the biggest grifters there are. Maxine Waters, right? Democrat Maxine Waters pays thousands more from campaign to her daughter. Let's just flash back quickly so you know that this is what they do. The campaign for Maxine Waters has paid more than $1.2 million to her daughter, Karen. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Since 2003 for slate mailer operations and also items such as administrative services and funds fundraising and rally expenses you know those vague things you try to pass off on your taxes with your accountant so you can get your liability down or you can avoid scrutiny maxine waters Mm, slippery last april 27th karen waters was sent eight thousand dollars combined from her mother's committee, Citizens for Waters, for a slate mailer management fee, right? If I can't deduct dyeing my gray hair because I'm on television every single day, right? Do you really think we should allow Maxine Waters to say, you know, she sent out some mailers for us and we agreed that that would be uh, $8,000 for her this time. Next time, who knows? It's all such... Fuzzy math, isn't it? $2.1 million paying family members. This is exactly what Corey Bush is, is accused of doing. Paying her now husband, who was not licensed to be a private security provider. And she needed it because she got so many death threats. Let me tell you, the world is crazy, right? Tens of thousands of dollars. It's not her fault. There's nothing weird there. It's GOP people. It's crazy MAGA Republicans. Donald Trump. Step aside, sister. So gross. Then there's this on the Washington Free Beacon. You know, it's not just Claudine Gay, friends. Harvard's chief diversity officer plagiarized and claimed credit for, wait for it, wait for it, (laughs) her husband's work. I mean, what the hell? You might as well pillow talk, steal a few things from his research, repurpose it as your own, and then say, ah, snap, I forgot those quotation marks. My bad. Oops. Harvard, you're sucking almost as much as Cori Bush. It's not just Claudine Gay. Harvard University's chief diversity and inclusion officer, Sherry Ann Charleston, appears to have plagiarized extensively in her academic work, lifting large portions of text without quotation marks and even taking credit for a study done by another scholar, her own husband, according to a complaint filed with the university on Monday and a Washington Free Beacon analysis. I hate those analyses, don't you? Sucks what they find. The complaint makes 40 allegations of plagiarism that span the entirety of Charleston's thin public record in her 2009 dissertation 
submitted to the University of Michigan. Charleston quotes or paraphrases nearly a dozen scholars without proper attribution, the complaint alleges. And in her sole peer-reviewed journal article, she wrote one. One! Which was co-authored with her husband, LeVar Charleston. In 2014, the couple recycle much of a 2012 study published by him, the deputy vice chancellor for diversity and inclusion at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, framing old material as new research. That's called fraud. That's called research fraud. Why... Why can nobody just do their own work? What's so hard about showing up? What's so hard about critical thought? Because that is what leads you, as I alluded to in the monologue in the first hour, an obituary of honor and grace and dignity and accomplishment. Why do they have to lie and cheat and steal? Because they are products of a system that is broken. If you don't get to the root causes, then it predates this wild DEI madness. If we don't let moms and dads in every zip code, determine where they want their child educated, then we will forever find the products of a failed public school system that has allowed people to fail upwards and reach some of the highest levels of academia. That's how it ends. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Wendy Bell Radio Program, let's talk about this. Twitter Files reporter, you know Matt Taibbi's name. He's uncovered a Democrat plot to stop Donald Trump. Oh, boy. Buckle up, friends. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I find myself sometimes, and this says a lot about my free time in, in my head, I look at all of these enemies of freedom who we are up against. And I'm just thinking about here in the continental United States. I'm not even thinking about ISIS or Al-Qaeda or the Houthis or Iran or Hamas, right? I'm not, I'm thinking about the people who want us strapped and concerned about all these wars they want to get us in. But their strategy to make everything here that we have taken for granted. I mean, and we have. That things just go well. That there is there is reason and sense in the world. And they've made everything like they've shaken up a, a snow globe. And we're with all of the pieces flying around under the glass. It's very unsettling. And, and there's something that comes with just peace of mind with things being status quo. That you can depend on them. If you've ever injured yourself in a way, you don't realize how much you take for granted when you just feel normal, right? I don't need to feel great. I don't have to be like stars out there. Woohoo. But you realize when something goes sideways and you're physically injured and you physically cannot do something anymore, how much you take for granted. So I think commonly, is everybody in on this shtick? 
to, to destroy America. All of these people on the left, because they vote in blocks in Congress, they're minions out on the street who want to infect us with anger and allegations of suck that are not true, are drinking and mixing the Kool-Aid now. What's its origin? Where does it come from? And I also think about Matt Taibbi. He's this independent journalist, used to work for Rolling Stone. And if anything, he was a liberal until Elon Musk opened up the Twitter files and gave access to a bunch of journalists and said, you go through, you print what you find. Let's be open. And he saw, Matt Taibbi saw, a very dark and devious and dirty underbelly of the Democratic Party. Uh, Republicans aren't squeaky clean either, but this is focused, okay? This article comes from AMAC, amac.us slash newsline. Twitter files reporter Matt Taibbi uncovers plot to stop Trump. Democracy be damned. Now, this is kind of interesting because it suggests that, in fact, yes, there was a great powwow. There was a meeting of the minds, and it was obviously clearly during Barack Obama's presidency, not this current one, (laughs) but his first two terms, right? Here's the story. In a pair of articles on his Racket News website, Twitter Files reporter Matt Taibbi uncovers a corrupt, systematic, and long-standing effort by leading Democrats to stop the election of Donald J. Trump in 2024, or at a minimum, to cripple his presidency before it can get off the ground. Can you imagine if if Donald Trump was just allowed to to do what he does, that he's done with business, that he did with his first term, without all these, these people trying to destroy everything he needs? It's enemies of freedom. Taibbi, who it should be noted, was once a darling of the progressive left while working as a columnist for the New York Press and Rolling Stone, has in recent years become one of the left's top critics as an independent investigative journalist. He and fellow disaffected liberal Michael Schellenberger have broken major stories about the federal government's involvement in online censorship on issues like pandemic lockdown policies and the 2020 election as part of their Twitter files coverage. And Taibbi has become a leading detractor of the corporate media and the political establishment of both parties. In his most recent work, a 4,200-word uh, article rather, that should have every American citizen concerned about the future of free and fair elections in the United States, Taibbi writes this, The 2024 presidential race increasingly looks like it will be decided by lawyers, Not voters, as Democrats unveil plans for America's first lawfare election to protect democracy. Democracy is already being canceled. We just haven't admitted the implications of this to ourselves yet. As he outlines, the Democrat establishment is already engaged in a systematic effort to ensure that Biden remains in the White House beyond 2024. One part of this effort is the series of lawsuits in a number of states to remove Trump from the ballot. Another is ensuring that Biden has no serious primary threat, something which has, according to Taibbi sources, been accomplished through threatening would-be challengers. Right? Don't think it's not all blackmail and bribery. It's disgusting. 
Meanwhile, the corporate media has launched a propaganda campaign to convince the American people that Trump would be a dictator were he to win this fall. Mainstream pundits and journalists have in unison begun hammering the line that Trump is an existential threat to democracy and suggesting that Trump would use the military to go after his personal enemies. Most chillingly, as Taibbi describes, we've seen the same sort of effort before. As he relays, and as many major news outlets reported in the months leading up to the 2020 election, a group called the Transition Integrity Project, comprised of top power players in Democrat circles like current Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm and Hillary Clinton campaign manager John Podesta, as well as nominal conservatives who had become anti-Trump fanatics, had gathered to war game contested election scenarios. Wait, what? Aren't you guys supposed to be serving America? Aren't you supposed to be protecting America? You took an oath. You failed your oath. And all you're doing is wasting our freaking time and our money to be enemies of American freedom. These transition integrity project participants were ostensibly concerned about Trump refusing to leave office if Biden won. But as Taibbi writes, the final report on the election, published on August 3rd, 2020, read like a year-by-year synopsis of every Democrat effort to overturn Trump's 2016 election victory, undermine his presidency, and now prevent his return to the White House. For instance... Transition Integrity Project participants feared Trump would launch investigations into opponents, which is exactly what Biden and the Democrats are doing now to Trump. The report also alleged that Trump would use Department of Justice and or the intelligence agencies to cast doubt on election results or discredit his opponents. Exactly what the Clinton campaign and the Democrat establishment attempted to do in 2016 with the infamous Steele dossier and the Russia collusion hoax. Again, remember, these people, this is what they've wasted their time and our money on. This is part of of many reasons why we're 34 freaking trillion dollars in debt. Because these people are deranged. Because they are corrupt. They're part of the global cabal of suck. They want to take what you make, spend it in their own selfish ways, reduce you to penniless nothings who rely on the government, sit in little boxes in their 15-minute cities, and own nothing. And like it. And if you're not down with that, remember what happened to Lahaina. Because those residents had rejected that for 13 years. And now they are gone. These transition integrity participants allege that all of their 2020 scheming was just an effort to be prepared for anything. Rather than an explicit plot to prevent a second Trump term, even in the event of a clear Trump victory. It's worth noting here, he writes, that none of the war games scenarios were ever intended to be made public. It was only after a series of embarrassing leaks 
that the group decided to release its full report in an attempt to save face that largely backfired. It's almost so reminiscent of everything involving COVID, isn't it? Prey on your fear, lie to you endlessly, use the media, and it's do-do-do-do, this just in. Breaking news, breathless reports of death, of doom, of children, of elderly, of harm. But as Taibi argues, even if one accepts these supposedly well-intentioned motivations, the fact that these high-profile power players on the left even felt the need to form a group provides an alarming look into the psyche of the modern Democrat Party. It is an indication of the fact that the left feels completely justified usurping the democratic will of the American people in order to, quote, save democracy. Finally, this article in AMAC says, the grim reality of campaign 2024, according to Taibbi, is that both sides appear convinced the other will violate, quote, norms first, with Democrats in particular, seeming to believe extreme advance action is needed to head off a Trump dictatorship. It's all part of a plan. It's all anti-American the very people who pretend that they care that they feel you that they're down with your struggle and they're for the common person the people who use the rank and file members of unions that once upon a time perhaps did something for folks the people who will lie to your face about the economy and its effects on your family's wallet. These people are all in on it. That is why we hear Representative Garcia. Without a whim in the world, no, no worries, lie about Donald Trump wanting alligators in a moat around America to stop the border invasion, right? None of it is by chance. But when it comes out, my friends, I think we need to know about it. The more you know, the easier it will be for you to identify these enemies of freedom. Quick time out when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program. Ah, Stacey Abrams. Girl, what happened? You were doing so much with your election denying and all that, you know, stuff. Bad news for her Fair Fight nonprofit. Seems like it's sucking some serious wind and going under. I wonder why. That's next. You know, there are little victories out there we need to celebrate. They often don't make the headlines, but we need to talk about them. This on the Daily Caller today. Stacey Abrams, who has been nothing but a malignant election denier for the better part of what, seven years? How long has this cat been lying about elections? And yet we're the ones who say, you know what? It was so weird. 
I went to bed at three and Donald Trump was up 600,000 votes in my state. I woke up and he'd lost by 80,555. That's such a wild swing. Big lie spreader. I'm just asking a question. Remember, this is the woman. This is the organization. Fair fight. Isn't it so funny how the words that they choose are always the opposite of who they are? Like, Trust and faith and democracy and freedom and all these stupid things that, of course, you and I believe in that they trample every single day. Stacey Abrams and her organization were the ones that took to the vote and dragged, through, dragged them through the legal ringer, alleging that because Catherine Engelbrecht and, and Greg, Greg Phillips organization, which really blew the lid on 2000 mules and showed all the geolocating stuff of people stuffing ballot drop boxes. It's not debatable. It's not debatable. It is the basis of Dinesh D'Souza's movie, right? Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight wanted to drag True the Vote through the mud because they say they were interfering with people's constitutional rights to vote, which is BS. What they were doing was providing counsel to people who had seen obvious signs of fraud during 2020, were uncomfortable about it and didn't know what to do. What, what, what should I do? Well, you're not allowed to even ask questions about that, apparently, when you live in a government that is an enemy of freedom. Headline. Stacey Abrams' nonprofit implodes after shelling out millions in failed election fights. Oh, I'm sorry. Stacey Abrams sucks. Failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams' nonprofit fair fight. So much wrong in that one sentence. Is laying off the majority of its staff, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Look, that wave that we rode, ladies and gentlemen, where every single big business out there, they bowed at the altar of suck and, and BLM and they put up a fist and they pledged a hundred million. I pledged Target. I pledged $10 million. You know what? No wonder your dollar isn't going so far. No wonder those chicken fries my kids love cost $10 a bag. Yeah, you know what we don't eat anymore at our house? Uh-huh. Chicken fries. Fair Fight, a group Abrams founded to combat alleged voter suppression in Georgia, will be laying off 75% of its staff <laughs> and significantly narrowing its scope of operations, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported. The organization holds $2.5 million in debt, but only has $1.9 million cash on hand. That's what I call a really bad budget. Right. That's how you lead the thirty four trillion dollars as a federal deficit. That's the idea. That reviles so many of us who pay our bills and our taxes and want to say to these people in positions of spending, what the hell are you doing? They thought they could get away with it. They had the whole sentiment, the wave of activism on their side. Don't you know? Two million, two and a half million dollars. If I owed two and a half million and they came knocking, do you know what they would do? They'd take my house. They would take our cars. They would, they would garnish my wages. They would shut me down. Stacey Abrams, ah, you know. Now we don't know. We're as surprised as you are. But we're going to handle this immediately. I'm going to cooperate fully, don't you know? Uh-huh. Selena Jig. 
Chair of the organization's board says it faces, quote, a serious funding deficit that makes our current trajectory, I could never say trajectory, unsustainable. You think? Finances haven't always been an issue for Abrams' nonprofit. Fair Fight raised more than $100 million during its first three years of operations because it sucked off the teat of BLM. Fair Fight Action, Fair Fight's political arm, oh good, there's different branches of suck, even aired an advertisement during the 2019 Super Bowl promoting Abrams. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is when you think you are above the law and you believe that the machine is there to buoy you, to bubble wrap you, so that when you free fall out of the 10th story window, you got some protection when you hit. Well, maybe not. Fair Fight Action had more than $21 million in net assets at the end of 2020, according to tax filings. That figure dropped to about $3.4 million the next year, and then just to over $1.5 million in 2022 tax documents show. Well, where did it all go? Huh? Most of the cash raised by Fair Fight directly benefited Stacey Abrams and those close to her. I'm sorry. I'm getting a phone call. Oh, look. It's Cory Bush. Oh, Corey, I'll have to take your call because Maxine Waters is calling in, too. Oh, look, it's a trifecta. Fanny, oh, I got them all. How dare you? How dare you? You sniveling, activist, malignant, ne'er-do-well, zero. Stacy, I'm talking to you. You cost Atlanta a hundred million dollars because of your toxicity. And Major League Baseball bounced the All-Star game from your primarily black and brown community, where the small businesses that are primarily black and brown that needed the infusion. They bounced that All-Star game to Lily White Denver. Where folks are still enjoying the benefits. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program is on deck. Do not go anywhere. Because this is what it this is what it's like to be an American with a government that hates America. I got one woman's story, a mom like I am, and it ticks me off. And it's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. <laughs> 